What is the future of Star Wars? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, Star Wars, celebrations, and more. I am your host, DJ Wooldridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hello, Roxy. Hi, DJ. And today we have a very special guest. Introduce yourself for the kids at home. Who are you? Where can they find you? Yeah, uh, my name is Andres, also known as Ace. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SquadLeaderAce. And now TikTok, I guess, sometimes. Sure. We were just talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that new? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good we're, luck. It's, it's a new frontier. We're all trying to fi uh, figure it out. Thank you for joining us. I always feel weird, like, tell people where, where they can find you. It, feel, it almost feels like, tell them. Tell them, give them your zip code. Where is the, where is your, uh, where are you on the map? Um, but uh, go check out his shit on TikTok, specifically TikTok. <laughs> yes. So today, as I mentioned, we're talking about Star Wars. Uh, it's the finale of Mandalorian. Also, a couple weeks ago, we had Star Wars Celebration with, with a bunch of announcements. And while Roxy and I did discuss them, I figured it was an opportunity for us to dive in them uh, more directly. Also, she didn't get a chance to see Evil Dead Rise, so we were going to be able to talk about that this week. But if you want to hear my thoughts on Evil Dead Rise, it's great. Go check that out on what we're into over at patreon.com slash answers. And of course, if you listen to this on Spotify, we ask you a question every week. Last week's question was, what is your favorite Nick Cage movie? Yeshu Wazalewski said, my favorite is probably The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. But as an added bonus, my favorite bad Nick Cage movie is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance because it's crazy and I love it. Uh disagree that it's bad i think it's a very good movie uh at least it's a lot of fun ray alvarez says as for uh renfield i'm between both of you fun but not incredible cage and holt were awesome aquafina is the same in everything uh i.e kevin hart or dwayne johnson that said pig and mandy i assume referring to favorite nick cage movie andres favorite nick cage movie <sighs> damn what a what a heavy question putting you on the spot <laughs> putting you on the spot favorite nick cage movie uh I mean, Pig is a great one. I think that's a that's a top tier one for sure. I might just have to go with that. I'll, I'll go with Pig. Go with Pig, Roxy. Yeah. I think we circled this, but but I don't know if we landed on favorite Nick Cage movie for Roxy Stryer is no idea. But I'm more upset about the Aquafina comment. It is so egregious. Like <laughs> first of all, people who say that, did you check out the farewell? If you didn't check out the farewell, you have no yeah. leg to stand on in general. Second mm -hmm. of all, why don't we hear that about Tom Hanks every week? Because uh, Tom Hanks is the same in everything and nobody seems to mind. Why is everybody like no, why that's don't we not hear true. that? It's <laughs> not true. You don't think that's true? Oh no. I mean, just Elvis. Literally just a year ago, Elvis. <laughs> I mean, for the first 20 years of his career, he uh, was And, and uh, his character in Save It Private and Ryan is not the same as his character in I Forrest Gump. I think he's great. I think yeah. he's great. But uh -huh. he has very, he's hit a variation of himself in everything he does, as is, I don't know, um, like 90% of stars. Uh -huh. Like, why is everybody so hell-bent on Aquafina is the same in every single movie? She's been in like three movies, Let Her Live. Mm -hmm. She's very, people are very annoying about her. Uh-huh. But, but did we land on a favorite Nick Cage movie? <laughs> no, I, I don't care about that part of it. I care about the Aquafina part of it. I have no idea what my favorite Nick Cage movie is. None. Favorite is probably Mandy, just because I love that movie. Uh, but You guys both picked recent movies. That's I know, I know, which kind of bums me out. But I got to say, love Face Off, uh, legendary. Um, a big supporter of Mom and Dad. Um, we talked about that last week. Uh, I'm trying to, to your point, Roxy, I'm trying to think back to um, uh, more iconic. I've never seen, what is it, Leaving Las Vegas? The one I think he won an Oscar for that one. I haven't seen that one. I hear it's very depressing. Um, well, shit, is Face Off my only pull for classic Nick Cage? Oh, no! I'm being so stupid. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the only time Nick Cage has worked with the Coen brothers. Uh, they apparently did not like working with him, but the two, the both, all of them working together made a, a very wonderful movie that I love very much, and I think he's very good in. Um, so yeah, is your favorite movie that Nicolas Cage is in Into the Spider Verse? No, my favorite movie that Nicolas Cage is in is Mandy. 
Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Or maybe Raising Arizona. I very, I very much love Raising Arizona. Andres, mm. favorite uh, movie Nick Cage is in? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's a good pull, Roxy. I feel like Into the Spider-Verse is a great one. And he's uh, great in it. I feel like he's done other voice work, right? He's done something oh, else. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. But it's like something like The Crudes or something. Like something like, well, I'm uh, not okay. going to care about that. <laughs> Got it. I, I thought it was. Love he's so yeah. good. To pick yeah. a favorite seems mean. It seems, yeah. Legendary. Leg he's also, even though it's not my favorite, he is also very good and unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, he's the best part of that movie. Um so, also, yes, uh, now getting into news. Uh, Andres, you're our guest. So I'm going to let you decide. Are we going to be good news, bad news? What do we start with? You want to start with good news or bad news? <laughs> I got some good uh, news and bad news. I, I feel like we should start with bad. <laughs> okay, let's. we're going to start with the bad news. Uh, ooh, Jonathan Majors updates. Uh, Taking take lead character role from Ezra Miller. Uh, so during this week, and Roxy, you can update me if I'm missing anything. Yeah, I got you, DJ. Dropped by his management and PR team. PR team. He's still currently represented by WME. Uh, they apparently have like a crisis committee for stuff like this that hasn't had been able to convene yet. Um, which is great. It's cool. It's cool that they need that. That this, this happens enough. That is a thing that we need. Um, uh, apparently, more alleged. This is, of course, in response to that um, he allegedly abused. Uh, we believe it's his girlfriend in new york um and the more alleged victims are coming forward and working with manhattan da also complication for disney apparently the woman of the initial incident uh worked on ant-man and the wasp quantumania the movie he was kang in um and, and as of this moment uh he's still gonna be in loki season two he's still gonna be in magazine dreams which is under searchlight which is also under disney um and they were uh, initially planning a big awards campaign push for that movie um and no word on what the what i have been seeing and i don't have any idea whether this is accurate or not that it's like but it makes sense because every studio does this disney's like well we'll wait and see how bad it gets before we drop them from being the title character in our Avengers Kang Avengers, the Kang dynasty. Um, so thoughts, Roxy thoughts. <laughs> yeah. On top of all of that, which are all legitimate legal issues. Um, there was also news in the last couple of days about directors coming out, calling him vicious and cruel on yeah. set. Um, it, it seems like there was the first incident in which he was arrested and the woman that like DJ said that we are calling his girlfriend, but yeah. you guys know 2023 titles get very mm -hmm. um, weird. Probably it's more, it's complicated. Um, yeah. She was fat when she went to the police station, she had strangulation marks on her neck. Mm. Um, she was then one of, I think there's been four other stories that they are saying have come forward. We don't know the specifics of those stories because uh, the, the investigation is ongoing, but that happening, his management dropping him, his PR drop, dropping him, and then these directors coming out saying that he is vicious and cruel, um, not based on those stories, based on their own experiences with him yeah. on set. It's just not looking very good for him in terms of uh, his innocence. It's I know that we in this country, we believe in innocent until proven guilty. I think there's a variation on proven guilty in different mm -hmm. people's minds. Um, the, the innocent so proven guilty ratio is also correlated to the mo money you have in the bank and just a lot of variables to that right like remembering that bill cosby is free yeah so like <laughs> cool there, great good they, job good system doing great over here so it's it's very difficult when people cite that what happened till innocent until proven guilty mm -hmm. and it's like well what happened to the fact that he's about to go into production for a movie in which he's supposed to make $20 million. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes life's timelines don't fully work out. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting, DJ, that Disney has not said anything. Not surprising. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers still hasn't said anything about Ezra Miller. So <laughs> you know, cool. this kind of thing happens all the time. Um, and also, most importantly, as society goes to immediately the same place that you, me, all of us go to, which is like, what's going to happen with Kang? Um, really, what our thought process first and foremost should be is like these poor fucking victims uh, yeah. if it, or survivors, 
whatever their verbiage of choices and whatever's happened to them, um, are they okay? And how do we stop people from abusing others if he is an abuser? What should we do about that as a society as opposed to like, is he going to be in the movie? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think um, in all of our defense, I do think it, the, that those two things are kind of correlated. What do we do about Definitely. that? And is he going to be in the movie? Which is because I think you're absolutely right that it's like that. I, I It implies that our priorities are in the right place. But I do also think that they're, they're correlated. Um, yes, for sure. But Ezra yeah. Miller was like up for 26 years in prison. Is probably not going to see a day and mm-hmm. is going to be the Flash. So yeah. They're not as correlated as one might think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I've and I've also seen people online being like, um, "Oh, Jonathan Majors. What about Ezra Miller?" And it's like, well, both, both, could, both can be problems at once. And also, as far as we know, Jonathan Majors isn't being dropped from movie, so it's kind of the same ish right now. Like, I don't. I I would like to see if both. Are as problematic as they seem it'd be cool if both were held accountable that'd be maybe it's wishful thinking on my part but it'd be nice yeah definitely i think warner brothers has really <laughs> kind of fucked disney here though because they have said like we're not doing anything about this and now if disney does take action yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are um saying that this is a racial issue which I completely understand yeah. um, when you look at our society and you look at two people who are, have different situations, but yeah. I would say in some ways equivalent to one another. Yeah. Um, and Ezra has no ramifications. Yeah. And if Jonathan Majors is dropped, um, it what does that say? Yeah, and it's and I think on a logistical level, I think the difference would be. And you people at home can decide how valid they think this is. Flash is shot. Avengers King Dynasty is not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and while but I think Flash you- shot when Ezra Miller choke slammed a girl <clears throat> to the ground. Considering the COVID of it all, I don't I actually don't know the answer to that. I think question. the answer to that is no. I I uh, they were already the Flash because yeah. of previous movies, the same as um, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, but I that was. I think 2018. So what I'm hearing from you, Roxy, is that if as long as Jonathan Majors was able to do that in Iceland, wherever Ezra Miller was when that was happened, it would have been yes. easier. It just would have been easier to like just oop, put that under the rug. <laughs> uh, possibly. I mean, that was on camera. We all saw it. Yeah. People, like the Ezra Miller choke slamming a woman to the ground mm-hmm. was the first thing that society said. It was a joke. Yeah. Everybody just jumped for it. It was a joke. And Ha-ha. people, people who watched it were like, what are you guys talking about? They just just body slammed a woman to the ground. Yeah. Um, and then they shot the flash. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the timeline of that. I think you I think you might be right. But think uh, timelines get a little loosey goosey back in that time in my own brain of like when, you know, because whatever. Doesn't matter. Um and because I think you and I are kind of on the uh, same side of that I uh, logistics aside, I don't know. I I would have had a serious conversation of like, yeah, maybe we do reshoot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe yes. we do throw it in the trash. If we're throwing Batgirl in the trash, maybe we can throw the Flash in the trash. But we're not making those decisions. Before we move on to greener pastures, on I didn't want to exclude you, Andres. Did you want to <laughs> chime in? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a extremely complex conversation with comparing the two. Um, I don't think it's a very complex conversation when talking about the actual issue at hand, as Roxy said, when it comes to actual victims. I think that's where the priority should be. That's where the focus should be. That's what the story should be in general. Uh, And that's what is continually perpetuated inside of Hollywood is this idea of free abuse, especially towards women. uh, That happens all the time. That happens with men in power. Um, so it's definitely no different there. I, I just feel like it's tough. It's a tough position to be in. Obviously, if he's dropped by the PR management team, PR and management team, that means they probably have some inside info into how detailed and how lack of evidence he has towards his innocence. Probably he provided that evidence that he supposedly has about his innocence. And they were like, mm-hmm. nah. This yeah, well, those, those, text, those text messages. The, the text did not help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the texts were like, 
hard. Like I cannot believe his legal team released those texts thinking this will help. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were like awful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Ace. The whole thing is just like, I I don't want to talk about this anymore. And, And yet, Every week, DJ, it seems like we have to talk about a iteration of this yeah. because it is there is gray in the difference between Johnny Depp and the difference between Ezra Miller and the difference between Jonathan Majors and the difference between Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and Aziz yeah. Ansari and like and I'm not class by the way Aziz Ansari is not in their classification I'm just saying mm. there's differences in all of these yeah. situations and we do treat them all like it's one umbrella so we have to keep talking about it but like we've we've kind of made no ground yeah. I don't even know what to suggest anymore like being an actor is such a privilege if you're going to be making 20 million dollars off of a movie and you're a piece of shit I'm not happy about that. Yeah. What should we do about it? I don't know, but hopefully not that. <laughs> well, real quick, I'm going to wheel my soapbox out. Here he yes. is getting on my soapbox. I think as long as we have a system that says, and I'm talking specifically about the Hollywood system, where these people are the special ones. These people are the 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 top priority, best of the best. We're going to give them all the money and time and attention. You are creating a system that engenders this. You're creating a system that makes these people feel above the 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 uh, social contract the rest of us are feel obligated to participate in and um, I think anything we can do to and this is my feelings on most of society anything we can do to limit that gap between um, the 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 people that are we've for some reason placed above the rest of us we're going to have these issues like I don't think we can have Hollywood the way it exists now with these issues um, and now uh, putting my soapbox away <laughs> Uh, and there it is back in the corner. And now we're going to go to fun news. We're going to go uh, to the good news. The good news is, although I don't, this is one of those things that like, it's confirmed that maybe Adam Driver is in final talks to talk to Marvel and who's the leaker and their name starts with at something. It's like a Twitter person. It's like, well, then I don't, how seriously should I, the news is that maybe Adam Driver's Reed Richards, the feeling is good, good, good decision. Is this going to happen? Uh, Andres, how do you, what do you think? Is this a, do you think this is what we're going to see? I mean, it, it's definitely looking like that. I, I, I can't lie though. I, I, I okay. So obviously you, you hate, I'm right. Driver. I get it. That's what you sequel <laughs> trilogy is my trilogy. I love Kylo Ren. I love Adam driver. I think he's one of the best working actors right now. If, if not like, I don't know, top five working actors, uh, especially in the characters that he's played already. But uh, I'm going to put a but here just because I, I feel like uh, I don't think anyone else has had this take. But part of what's made this fan casting for Fantastic Four so fun is the idea of potentially casting a different kind of Reed Richards, mm-hmm. it, it more, I don't know, inspired, creative choice. I, I just feel like Marvel as much as we're kind of inundated with this idea of what Marvel represents inside of this echo chamber of extremely toxic racist takes uh, to like extremely overtly like excited takes. And I just feel like there's an in-between where we kind of forget that they're still very status quo. They're still mm-hmm. very much like keeping everything by the numbers and keeping everything by the books and don't really go too far outside of that. I just feel like, I guess what I'm trying to reach is like, I just feel like it's a very safe choice. Mm. I thought the Dev Patel potential casting is a much- That would've been very cool. F- the Rahul one was cool. Yeah. The, uh, who's a homie from um, from Nightcrawler in the Drummer movie? Uh, Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed yeah. was a cool choice. There, Henry Golding was a cool choice. I just feel like there's a lot of other races that aren't just like tall white guy that can be used inside of this role and can be inspired in the same way. And it doesn't have to just be, well, it's a white guy. And it's like, we've seen another white guy. And it's like, yeah, but there can be something else. Like there's other <laughs> races well, out there. But I hate to break it to you, Andres. I don't know if yeah. you've heard. Marvel's gone woke and now there's not a single See, white man actor in the entire the, the MCU. That. There's not one. We can't you can't name one. 
<laughs> I think they hear that. And I actually yeah. do think they hear that. And that kind of bugs me, the fact that yeah. they're like, oh, crap, they we got to go back to the formula, which is mm-hmm. just a regular white guy who's really smart. And I'm just like, yeah. do we? Can, can yeah. we just try something different? I don't know. That That was my take. I just felt like there could be an opportunity to have a much more creative choice than just a really solid, amazing, regular ass white guy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Tony yeah. Stark, you know, Captain America. It's the same formula. Yeah. 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 Roxy, what do you think? Um, I think both things are, both things that you said are absolutely true. Adam, you like, anytime I hear Adam Driver attached to something, I really don't complain because mm. he's so fucking good. Um, and especially coming off of the sequels, which I'm also a diehard fan of, um, it would be nice to see, you know, a lot of people were uh, casting, fan casting Adam Driver as Dr. Doom. And like, mm. I, I think it's, it will be nice to see him if he's doing more franchise movies as a good guy. And we'll see what he can do with that. It's a little different for him. Yeah. And he's, and he's effing great. Did I hear the casting and think, wow, that's new and <laughs> mm-hmm. fresh and exciting. Of course not. You know, that like, I don't think anybody was surprised by it. There have been rumors about it for a long time. It's still not confirmed, obviously, as DJ, you mentioned. Um, but also to take it in a different direction for a second, as a diehard Adam Driver fan, because I came up with, I, I came up with girls. Mm-hmm. I came up on girls. I didn't yeah. come up with girls. Yeah. Otherwise I would be living not in this apartment. <laughs> um, I think that he is like his story he's a vet he went to juilliard he has lived quite the life i yeah. hear he's a really good dude he seems like th- he's just got range for days yeah. we've been seeing him do more movies where he is able to show this range do i really want like do i think it's necessary to have a him caliber actor as reed richards maybe not and do i kind of wish we were spending the next five years with him doing a lot of indies I kind of do yeah. like, and just in terms of Adam Driver's career, I, I don't know if you're Adam Driver and you get this offer, do you accept? Probably. But I don't know if I'm Adam Driver, if that's like really where I want to put my efforts at this stage in my career, I'm already a megastar. I've already been a part of the biggest franchise there is. Yeah. Um, and I know that I am a classically trained hell of an actor and and probably if you're Reed Richards, what they're not signing you to less than a three picture deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Roxy. That it is kind of. I think that was my first thing that it was like it's surprising that he would do this. Like it's kind of based sur- on the choices he's been making. It's kind of like that's what you wanted to do right now. I, I wish that's not what you wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I, and I and I'll say this because I I'm with you, Roxy. I think uh, I'm with both of you. Um, uh, Andres, I think like somebody like Dev Patel, there's so many interesting casting choices. Uh, but on the other hand, Adam Driver's fucking great. Like I, li- I just rewatched Inside Lewin Davis, which was my, I didn't watch Girls, but that was my first exposure to him. Um, and it's something I would like if it is him. I think it'd be very easy to go like dark brooding uh, kind of asshole Reed Richards. Don't do that. I think for a couple reasons. One, you've got we've got those guys for days in these movies. Uh, have him be have him be like Marvel's dorky dad. Like have him be the guy that when he sees the Doomsday Machine, his face lights up for a second just because he's he's excited. Like, oh, that's a really cool cool that you did that. Like he's not even thinking about the implications. He's just like, oh, exciting. I'm excited. Um, and also because Adam Driver's really good at that. Sh- Adam Driver can be really fucking funny. Like um, mm-hmm. White Noise is the most recent. No, no, Mom Mom movie is not my favorite favorite he's obviously really good in it and i think when you he like rocks you're saying the range and i think if you let him be like fun and funny and kind of dorky and making dad jokes while saving the world like i think that could be a fun direction that he would do well in that's different for him and would do well for the 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 franchise not just the fantastic four but overall mcu um and i think that would be interesting to to see but uh we don't know uh, we'll find out. I, uh, sometimes it's like this is the rumor, and then they don't even bother announcing it. Like the rumor is the announcement, and then we just move on. Uh, and sometimes it ends up not being the case. So we will find out. But next, we got ads. Then we got the Mandalorian. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Oh my God, we are back. And before we get start talking about The Mandalorian, we did have some comments going all the way back to our Nick Cage conversation. Uh, Mike Joyce says, Vampire's Kiss is uh my favorite what is Nicolas that cage performance it is an iconic it is very it's a very meme movie i've not had a chance to see it i want to say and i'll just if you've seen it correct me that nick cage plays a character that becomes convinced that he's becoming a vampire even though he's not <laughs> um and uh that's, uh that's a funny premise i it, like that have you ever seen the gif of like nicholas cage like in a suit in an office with making he's making his eyes really wide it sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, it's from that movie. Uh, Mike Joyce also says The Farewell is a, is amazing. Aquafina became one of my favorite actresses after that movie. She's not one note. She's very talented. I want people to let this woman shine. <laughs> sure. I, Renfield's not her opportunity to do that, but sure. <laughs> make the overall statement that she has, plays herself in every movie when she's been in like two movies. <laughs> like, uh, uh, Roxy, I have seen several movies with Aquafina, not The Farewell, in your defense, not The Farewell. And uh, she, uh, not a lot of range on display on those like five or six movies I've seen her in so far. <laughs> okay, but let me ask you this Did the roles call for like uniquely different? Listen, I don't, dis- I, I don't disagree. With you. you know what you're making me think of matt smith um uh doctor who played the bad guy in morbius yeah. he was interviewed he was being interviewed by one of these famous celebrity interview guys and he's like do you ever he, he's looking at this interview he's like do you ever play the game uh actor or movie star and like are they are they an actor or are they movie star and they kind of like go through a list of actors trying to figure out like and so like aquafina in the, if you were playing this game aquafina would be a movie star you know what i mean she's a star is she an actor? And and it sounds like based on our conversation, Adam Driver, actor, movie star. He'd be more of an actor. You know what I mean? That was that's Matt Smith's game. That's not my game. I'm not saying that. But uh, well, I, like, but- I like the game and I understand the game. I, just sometimes I feel like. Do you guys ever feel like this? Actors get this like one line attached to them, um, and then that sticks with them forever. And sometimes I don't feel like it's justified, and sometimes I do. Right? Yeah. Like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Every growing up, you guys must have heard this, unless this was a Boston thing, but um, that he couldn't act; he had no emotions. Yeah. That Keanu Reeves has no emotions. Keanu Reeves has no emotions. That mm-hmm. like, and I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I don't think that Keanu has no emotions, but that's what like for some reason they get these like one line and the one line about Aquafina is she plays the same role in everything. And it's like, I don't think that that's justified. And also I don't think that's unique. If it is justified, isn't that like so many people? Why is that being attached to her name? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like I need to stand on my soapbox about yeah, Aquafina. About Aquafina. Yeah. Cause there's other yes, controversies around Aquafina that I think might inform people's uh, feelings on that. But you know, um, a franchise Aquafina's not been in, I don't think, is Star Wars? Has she been in a Star Wars? She <laughs> okay, hasn't. all right. Confirmed Aquafina's not been in a Star Wars. Um, uh, well, and now I'm a dreamcaster. Yeah, Aquafina it, for Star Wars. As long as she gets to play Ray's the Aquafina type. In the new Ray movie, she finds Aquafina mm-hmm. somewhere in the desert. Yeah, Aquafina would be a great droid. Come on. She would be a good, she, solid droid. She's got big droid energy. Um, <laughs> so so be- before we get into the future of Star Wars, I did think this was a good opportunity to talk about The Mandalorian. We had the, the season finale this week, um, episode season three, episode eight, chapter 24, The Return. The Mandalorian and his allies confront their enemies. Ooh. Um, 
So it, based on pre-show conversations, it sounds like Andres and I are on, on somewhat of the same page as opposed to Roxy. So let's start with Roxy. Let's start positive. Roxy, what did you think of the Mandalorian season finale? Okay. Let me just say this because I'm not blind. Um, or or because I'm not, that's not the right expression, because yeah. I'm not, because I'm not silly. Yeah. This is the worst season of the Mandalorian. Okay. Oh, we got common ground. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I just happen to still like it. It's totally um, fair. That's totally like, fair. I think that this is where this is where I kind of like get lost in my own sauce sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, something doesn't have to be like groundbreaking for me to really like it, and mm. I know coming off of Andor, we felt a little differently all three of us about that show, you guys were like, this is the bee's knees. Yeah. And I was like, I like it. Um, Mm -hmm. And how I felt about Mandalorian is I like it. Like I, I loved Mando one and two um, because I think that they were trying to do more Mm -hmm. this season. I think Bo-Katan was really cool for me. I really love that character and I love, um, just the premise of like walking both worlds and having to combine everybody together. And I think that they wrapped that up in this finale with somewhat of a bow that makes me think that we're going to leave her just dealing with Mandalore, which I'm a little bummed about because I've now like fallen for her. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that what this season finale did was kind of set up a possible future where Mando and Grogu can go back to like the adventures of. Yeah. And overall, I'm just not upset about the season. Was there that those same standout episodes like Luke coming back, you know, those crazy things that we would like everybody on Twitter would be like, oh my God. No, probably the biggest moment of this season was people tweeting about Lizzo. Um, <laughs> but as you know, I happen to love that. Yeah. So I think that this. I think that this final episode of Mando of this season was totally serviceable for the story that they told this season. Um, And I'm just not upset about that. I'm also not shouting from the rooftops. Everybody must watch the show is gold. I just kind of like it. Like Mm -hmm. I put it on, makes me feel good. I love the character Grogu. I love the character Mando. I love Bo-Katan. Like, so watching this for me was just kind of like seeing my pals, do the thing that they said they were going to do and finishing that thing. Yeah, yeah. Totally fair. Andres, what did you think about? Man, yeah. Man. Season three, because you, Roxy and I have been covering every week. So, so what did you think about the season? What did you think about this finale? Yeah, I mean, I've been extremely hopeful for The Mandalorian. Obviously, all of Star Wars, I'm always hopeful and I'm always leaning towards trying to be as optimistic as I possibly can. I always try and cater towards the characters first. Mm-hmm. when I try to experience uh, just their journey and just their perspective and just trying to enjoy time with them as much as I can, as like Roxy said. But I did see a lot of regression this season. And I did feel like I, I did feel like a lot of people got caught up on the wrong areas of what not to enjoy. And I feel like maybe that's kind of distracting away from what actually were actual issues that I saw in the show because I think a lot of people focused on Lizzo and Jack Black and cameos and comedy and silliness and lack of cameos at the end of the finale uh, as being a negative where to me, I, I, I don't mind the silliness. I don't mind the cameos or lack thereof. To me, it's more of a thematic element inside the show where season two season one and season two really kind of built up this idea of what din was becoming and what dim what din eventually would uh relate to when it comes to grogu and that was to kind of take his own identity as a father and take his own identity as a mandalorian and i feel like this season kind of drew that line all the way back when it comes to the children of the watch, the armor, this whole idea of what it is to be a Mandalorian. I'm just not, I'm just not really into cults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just thought the whole idea of like doing missionary work for a cult, I was like, 
this is kind of weird. Wait, you're not stoked that Grogu's part of the weird cult now? (laughs) No, in the whole baptism thing. And I'm just like, is this supposed to be good? Like, didn't we learn seasons one and two that this was kind of weird and kind of sketch? Yeah, we learned that. But then then Pedro Pascal had to film The Last of Us, and so he can't take his helmet off this season. (laughs) It's a little different now, right? Because, like, now that people have merged forces, we're uh, we're not taking it as, like, absolute yeah see the baptists and the catholics have teamed up so now it's not weird well this little (laughs) jew doesn't understand okay maybe i missed the baptism i I think part of it too is maybe that's what it is too roxy is like part of it too is my own personal religious traumatic background and i feel like the season started with an episode called the apostate for anyone who knows what that is like that's a heavy turn. That's a heavy ass turn. I and don't. I'll, Can you give me a, a spark notes? It, it's basically like religious traitor, where you're yeah. a traitor to your religion, to your faith. You're rejected by anyone who has that faith. You're unable to see them, unable to talk to them. Like it's a heavy, heavy thing that real people deal with in the real world. And when they use that term, I was like, oh, okay, fine. We're, we're going to have this evolution of moving on from this, you know, cultish weirdest religious background and it was the opposite it was oh we have to be redeemed and i'm like redeemed from what that word redeemed i i just feel like this kind of religious traumatic ideology of putting this on top and letting this be okay where oh this is actually everyone has a choice and i'm like do they have a choice though i don't think they do even at the end because we don't really see anyone from the children of the watch have that choice to take off their helmet or to do something else. They don't have It'd the choice. It'd be so funny if like the kid was actually, I don't want to wear this. And everyone was like, no, yeah. you put that back on. You put it back on. <laughs> I, I would have liked that. I thought that was kind of where it was going, at least at the very last scene. I was like, okay, at least that would be some sort of step towards not glorifying cultish behavior. Yeah, and I think, I I think don't know. my issue comes one that even that thought process, I think is more thought than it's putting being put into this show. Um, which I find I find frustrating. For example, and I'm gonna I'm bringing these up as a, an example of like my issues with kind of the writing and the direction of the show. Um, uh, uh, and I know people will be like, "Well, I think you're nitpicking." It's like, I, am, but am I though? Like, for example, like one, we had a whole episode that established that the jetpacks have a limit. It was the, it was a major plot point. The jetpacks have a limit. And then in this episode, we're going up to space. We're going back down from space. All of us are in jetpacks. We're going across the planet. We're doing everything. And it's like, oh, all right. I guess that didn't fucking matter. Um, and then diesel DJ. We switched to diesel. And then when they're when they go in the drop ships, there's a shot where all the Mandalorians get in these drop ships. They drop down in the clouds. Same shot. All the bad guys come jetting up. And it's like, did they pass each other? Did they like? What are we? And then there's the scene where Man- Mando's fighting the uh, stormtroopers, the super stormtroopers. And the bit, the bit that is set up is the droid is supposed to bring down the red Phantom Menace shields uh, one at a time, so basically Mando can face them in waves. And we set it up to where he's in the middle of a fight with one. The droid gets distracted, and Mando's like, "Drop the next shield." But what dropping the next shield means is that he's attacked by more people so we're setting it up as if it's imperative that the shield drops now even though that would make mando's situation worse and i think that's a good because he has to deal with it in waves like but that's what i'm saying why would he make it more waves why would he he's not finished with the people he's fighting now why does he need the in that and i think that's a good example of the show is trying to evoke a feeling that tension like we're on a clock we're trying to do this but if you think about it for any amount of time it's like well that doesn't make any sense with what's actually occurring. And it just very much feels like the show's not paying attention to what it's doing from scene to scene or, or understanding what it's trying to accomplish or even caring what it's trying to accomplish. Um, and it makes it very hard for me to invest in anything when it feels like the creators kind of aren't. There's no sort of narrative cohesion. There's no thematic cohesion. There's no real, as Anders pointed out, like the kind of the character thrust of the first two seasons was leaving the cult. Now everything's a-okay with the cult. And there's not really a justification for that. Um, and it, it it really feels like, hey, turn this on to get a Star Wars. And then when it's off, don't even, don't don't let it linger in your brain. And it's like, I don't, I don't enjoy that shit. Um, that's not for me. Um, and and I never, I, I never really cared about Grogu, and I don't care about Din. So the whole like, <gasps> the, the whole the whole rule that you invented at the end that the only he could only do this if he's adopted. Like when he, Din's like, I adopt him. Wait, was that not already the setup? 
I would, is this a new development? Like I didn't, I, I don't know why I should care about this. And I know people did. I know people did. And so not to knock like, like Roxy, I think your reasoning of like, yeah, maybe this isn't the best season, but I, it's a Star Wars. I, I get it. Just not for me. It's just not a for me thing. And so I think for me, it's Andor. Andor season two, I'm there for it. I've already got uh, screeners for Visions, Star Wars Visions season two, and I'm not allowed to review it. But if you look at my tweets, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's real good. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me let me ask you guys this. Yeah. And DJ, you have to try to answer it. I know okay. I didn't answer your Nick Cage question. That didn't yes. set the best tone. But <laughs> you have to answer my question because yes. them, them the rules. Them the rules. Okay. What was what's your favorite part of Mando this season? It doesn't have to be like a moment, but aspect, I guess. Andres, I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, man, I, I, I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I, I think I tweeted this out too. I, I still like the characters. I, I still feel like I, maybe I'm 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 opposite of you, uh, DJ, because I love Din. I, I think Din is a really interesting character, just because he's kind of like a quiet kind of stoic kind of dude I, I doesn't necessarily mean that i don't connect to him or that i don't feel like i can vibe with him i love his character and then bo i think bo is great i think she's a really cool character and her dynamic with dan kind of going back and forth is really interesting to me so that's probably Do you ship cool. them do you want them to make you outie? Um, not necessarily. I do it. I'm the only one who's saying it but like come i've seen on. it on twitter roxy you're not alone i've seen it okay, on twitter okay, yeah. you're not alone yeah 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 but, but I really enjoyed their characters, so that's probably my favorite of the season. I okay. think the scenes of Mandalorian fighting stormtroopers this episode were well choreographed and looked cool. I think the internal logic of some of those scenes was bad, but the it's actual action head. was cool. Yeah, but the actual action was cool. Also, I need to point out that we made a big fucking point that we couldn't get IGA 11 back together because there was a part that didn't ex- couldn't find, didn't exist, and then we just uh, replaced his head with something we found in a bar, and now he's fine. Anyway, um, uh, question for you all before we move on. Mike Joyce asked in the Discord, with how season three of The Mandalorian ended, it seems like they're going to go back to their Western roots for season four. What stories would you want to see? I'd want to see Unforgiven Mandalorian style. I don't know what that means. The Unforgiven Mandalorian style? I don't either. But the <laughs> but the but the question is what would what types of stories would you like to see next I season? Saw Unforgiven. I, 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 I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what maybe somebody's yeah. mad at him for stuff he did pre Grogu. Maybe that's what yeah. we're going for, which would work. That's actually pretty good. Um I think I'll go first. I I really want um the creators behind the Mandalorian to watch primal and maybe watch star Wars visions and really get a sense of what like just pure visual storytelling looks like and would experiment with that because there's been times on the show where we experience uh, a uh, man, a few words typically, especially in the early season, we got, we got some very like dialogue light scenes and literally whenever a character opens their mouth, it's like somebody put the armor's hammer in through my brain. Uh, so we just really focus on, and then like when they sit down to write, I really get the sense John Favreau sits down with those like, um, storyboard artists. And he's like, I want to see a bunch of stormtroopers with jetpacks fight a bunch of Mandalorians with jetpacks. And then he sends it off to the production team and that's written by John Favreau. Um, I just really get like maybe get a writer's room. Maybe don't maybe don't have John Favreau write an episode next season. Maybe get a writer's room. Maybe poach some people from Andor. Doesn't need to be as heavy as Andor, but just a little bit. Listen, man, I don't ask for much, man. I just I love fucking Dungeons and Dragons, and that's not like reinventing the wheel or anything. Just like you know, a little bit of narrative, character, cohesive continuity. Where when I think about it, it makes enough sense that's me that's what i would like to see next season what about what about you guys maybe even a cameo we've got thrones on the horizon we're gonna be talking about that in a minute ace what are you hoping for um yeah i feel like if i'm being honest i i definitely want i would love to see a little bit more development from din i still feel like we're just kind of walking in place when it comes to his character development and i know a lot of people might give me examples of certain areas that he moved on from. But to me, I, I feel like this conceptualization of taking on an identity and identifying within your own self and within your own culture, I thought was going to be something special and beautiful and, and really talking about how you can 
define your own culture, define your own faith, define your own way, your own path. Um, and the fact that this season decided to just circle back to the very beginning uh, was definitely a choice. So I, I hope we see a little bit more of him developing. I want to see Grogu learn more. I think we saw that a little bit more towards the latter half of the season. I definitely want to see him learn and not just be a baby and ooing and aahing all the time. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet that apparently Yoda was like training Jedi when he was 100 yeah. and Grogu's already 50. So I don't know what growth yeah. sports look like for the Yodas. but <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh I'm curious to see what happens with the Ahsoka show this year mm-hmm. and to see if and how that affects what I want to see from Mandalorian next season. But for right now, without having seen that, I would be totally fine with Mandalorian going back to slash never fully has done this being a straight up episodic show mm-hmm. like little missions, the two of them. And yes, there can be character development throughout, but like, I think it would be really nice for people like you, DJ, and people in general, for them to hear on social buzz about a certain episode being good and just being able to check out that episode. Like, yes. I, I don't know that this show needs to have these season-long arcs the way that this season did. I think that kind of hurt it for most people. I think it can really have solid 45-minute episodes of, like, fun adventures that have high stakes panned out in them and every time it saves the day like i i don't i don't need this show to be andor where it's making like huge statements about our prison system and like (laughs) how we operate as a society and parallels between our universe and theirs i'm okay with this being like relatively just a fun show mm-hmm. and if i think that more people would be okay with that if they really leaned into it i think that's a fair point but do do we want to see pedro pascal's face in season four yeah i always want to see pedro pascal's face thanks for noticing okay all right, all right, all right. gotcha 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 um okay we're gonna go do more ads but and then we're gonna start talking about the future of star wars post mandalorian season three When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, and we're talking about the future of Star Wars because um, a couple weeks ago we had Star Wars Celebration, and we had a lot of announcements. And I think what I'm going to do is I have um, a list of the projects that are in development, and I think I'm just going to read them out. And if you guys have anything to say, stop me, and then we'll kind of re- otherwise we'll regroup after and see how we're feeling about the future of Star Wars, what we'd like to see in the future of Star Wars. All right. Okay. So we got Vision Season 2, which is coming out May 4th. And based on what I've seen so far, you all should be very excited. Um, We've got Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, also on May uh, 4th. Ahsoka, which we mentioned previously, is coming out in August. Skeleton Crew is coming out sometime this year, apparently. That's the Jude Law one with the kids. Uh, The Acolyte um, is coming out in uh, next year, 2024. Andor Season 2 is coming out in August 2024 god damn it um we've got bad batch season three uh is coming out in 2024 that's the third and last season um tales of the jedi season two the mandalorian season four um the star wars dawn of the jedi movie which is the james mangold movie that is supposed to be the dawn of jedi what's Uh, tales of the jedi tales of the jedi is um basically uh, it's an anthology right andres with kind of set within the the um clone wars live animated no it's animated Right? That's why I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, the Age of Rebellion movie, which is basically the Mandoverse, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, that movie from Dave Filoni. Um, there's the New Jedi Order movie with Rey. And then according to the people involved, we're still supposed to be getting this Taika Waititi movie and a Star Wars movie directed by Sean Levy. 
um, uh, who's uh, working on the new Deadpool movie. I'll believe both of those when I see it. Uh, all the movies, honestly. I'll believe it when I see a trailer. So that is the current, uh, right now the Ryan Johnson trilogy is currently off the tra- table. Uh, right now the Patty Jenkins movie is off the table, from what I understand, based on my research. Um, so that's where we're standing. How are we feeling about the future of Star Wars um, based on this? I like Ace's line earlier. I always try to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like it will be really good for them if they can keep their creators this time. I think that will be very helpful to, for the public reception of all of this. Um, I like all their live action shows just work for me in general. I'm very excited for Ahsoka. I'm excited that all of these shows kind of are going to culminate in this movie. I think that's a very good idea. And I've liked the characters. So I'm, I'm stoked on that. The Ray movie makes me a little nervous because of all of the, the new trilogies um, of all the sequels, the characters, she's the one I felt like most solid about at the end. Yeah. So the one that I kind of needed to least explore, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm not upset to explore. I'm just kind of like, wouldn't that have been cool to be a Finn or a Poe? Like just, Mm -hmm. I just maybe would have picked a different direction, but that's still chill. Um, so it's yeah. kind of like we're Sal and I are doing the show. We're going through the X-Men movies. And so I, I've rewatched the first X-Men movie for the first time in like a decade. And it's what you're describing is kind of like when they announced like standalone Wolverine movies, it's like, but the X-Men movies were Wolverine movies. <laughs> like there's like, like totally. the X-Men are there, but they're, it's about Wolverine. So I don't know. Right. What are we doing? Like we're doing Ray movie when we, we it, like, as if this is the first Ray movie and it's like, we just did three Ray movies for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I really liked all of them, so mm-hmm. I'm okay to keep going. But yeah, uh, yeah so I, I feel good, and um, but I did feel like, and I, I'm curious, especially Ace, your thoughts on this because you're so deep in Star Wars. Like uh, maybe this is just because this isn't the circle that I run in now as much, but celebration seemed so much smaller to me this year than in previous years in terms of like how much people were talking about it and the hype that was coming out of it. Maybe that's because it was halfway across the world. Maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention or maybe that there's merit to that. I'm not sure. I think that's definitely, I think it's because it was in London to be honest, because this is the most announcements we've had in the past like three or four celebrations. I mean, we haven't had these kind of major announcements. So I, I feel like, it being in London and it being so difficult to get to and not being close by, or at least in America, was definitely keeping everything at bay and at a distance. Mm-hmm. And then the time zone difference didn't help either. So, right. The 3 a.m. announcements were yeah. kind of just like, by the time I woke up, I was like, I don't even know what's new or what's. Mm-hmm. It's all just being like shotgunned at you or whatever. But what about, um, we got this question here from Leonard Kim. Um, uh, they're talking about. Um, I feel like the minority in this, but I'm pumped to hear that we're getting a Daisy really back as Ray. I've been wanting more from the sequel era and we're finally getting something. Uh, what was the one movie slash show announcement that had you the most excited for the star for star about, excuse me, about star Wars future Ace, for you? What, what are these announcements get you the most pumped? I mean, <laughs> I think he just said it. Uh, I, I had you on Sabak the Block, DJ. I yeah. told you. I was like, I want one thing. And that's, I just want to see more of Ray. And I know what you mean, Roxy, as far as her character arc. And she's definitely the one who's gotten the most screen time for sure. And she's gotten full arc and she's gotten full journey within the sequel trilogy. I just feel like there is still, I don't know how to say it. There's like this undefined wall that's been placed up within star wars fans that have kind of rejected anything that is sequel trilogy in a way that is just so strong to the point that i told you dj the doubling down on the sequel trilogy the kind of f you middle finger Mm -hmm. in the air kind of style is kind of what i want i want to be like you know what more sequel trilogy just just to screw with all the haters just to screw with everyone and just to show you how deep this character can go and how profound we can get inside this universe when it comes to post you know sequel trilogy so i do feel like there's plenty there when it comes to her character and her kind of leading a next generation of jedi 
where she could kind of take the back seat, right? She doesn't necessarily have to be like the lead lead. She can mm-hmm. be like the co-lead and have another apprentice kind of take over and be the head of that movie. But I do feel like Aquafina. that's- Aquafina. Aquafina as the droid, as the first droid Jedi. Enter Aquafina. Enter Aquafina. Well, also, and I know uh, if Disney's not talking to John Boyega and backing up the money truck to try, because I I feel like this was meant to be one of J.J. Abrams' mystery box things, but I feel like it was really setting up like he was trying to tell her, I also have force, I also force. Uh, And it's like, yeah, it should be Ray and Finn leading, like, come on, man, like, don't. Like I want, I think we talked about this, Roxy. Like, bring Oscar Isaac back, uh, bring Rose Tycho, Rose, Rose Tycho back, especially with how fucking sidelined she was in the third one. But like, at least John Boyega's family. Like, come on, you gotta, yeah. you gotta. Um, I feel like, but I they will don't say, gotta. We, they we don't want, gotta. We wanna. They don't. You're correct. You're you. That is correct. That is correct. Um, I think for me, I I would like to. I'm with you guys actually. I'm I I do think Star Wars uh, has done a kind of an admirable job about apologizing for itself. Like, listen, the prequel trilogy's bad, but here's Clone Wars, and we're kind of make it work a little bit. And it's like, okay, sequel trilogy. The Palpatine shit, most people didn't like it, but hey, in Mandalorian, we're trying to set it up a little bit. Um, um, and I think there's an opportunity to kind of improve. I, I am a, I'm a fan of moving forward as opposed to what a Star Wars does a lot, which is dancing between the raindrops of like, all right, we're going to do a show that's between this scene in Rebels and this other scene in Rebels. And it's like, what are we, come on, guys, what are we doing? Uh, so I like the idea of moving forward. I am a little disappointed that it feels like the original trilogy is now defined more by what those characters didn't accomplish than by what they did. They didn't defeat the Empire. Luke didn't start the Jedi Order. They didn't, like, it's like, it's basically a, a whole nonsense. They, they, we've made it so that original trilogy that this whole thing spawned off of is kind of a, a false start. Um, and so now Ray gets to do it. And it's like, I, maybe there's something we can do here with this, um, what is it, Age of the, Re- the Dave Filoni movie, where, like, maybe Luke, we just, Luke started the, Jedi Order, and now Ray's kind of assembling the remainder because we've got so many Jedi fucking kicking around. We've got Ahsoka still kicking around. Fucking Ezra still is going to show back up in in Ahsoka. Uh, I don't know what we're doing with Cal Kestis in the game, but like they're fucking uh, uh, Jude Law's character in Skeleton Crew's a Jedi. So it's like, yeah, man, just say and also just do. Here's what I want that isn't announced: do an animated series. Maybe it's not even what I want, but I think it would it's a license to print money. Do an animated series in the style of Rebels and Clone Wars that's just the adventures of Luke between Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi. That's basically the books that don't the the books that don't exist anymore. That it's like have them kicking around with Marge. Maybe they get married, maybe they don't. I go, I don't give a shit. But like have I just really want them to make somehow, and maybe we can do it between these movies. I want the original characters to have what they've done mattered in some way like we basically it just it doesn't really matter anymore other than what had happened in our real world pop culture scene the events of the movies it just and so maybe like the the new order that jedi order that ray creates is the remainder of what luke already did but abandoned dj yeah does anything we do in life matter we're I all mean, just blips on the radar. And sure. And you know what? That's what Star universe. Wars has always been about. That nothing we do matters. Good point, Roxy. <laughs> Maybe you've missed the lesson. You, it, it, you're not wrong. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. That, oh, DJ, it went over your head that yeah. the point of movies is the, that no part the, of no, nothing. Nothing we do matters. Star Wars is actually really bleak when you think about it. Uh, nothing we do matters. And, and that's what's going to happen in the Rain movie. We're going to find out that everything they did in the sequel trilogy also, they fucked that up and failed <laughs> miserably. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, if I'm being real with you, DJ, I don't think I'm the first one to say this, but I think that's kind of what they're going to do with the uh, Filoni movie where I don't I don't think you can make this Avengers-style team-up movie that it's supposed to be where Thrawn comes in, Ahsoka comes in, Ezra comes in, uh, Din comes in, everyone just comes in to face off against Thrawn and then, I don't know, cue the music, here comes cgi luke skywalker to defeat thrawn in the final seconds of the battle i do think it's gonna 
I think it has to end that way. I think that's dude, he's definitely deep fake Luke is going to be in that movie. But I'm yes, just saying, I don't need is. a show of deep fake Luke. So I'm like, you've got listen. Fans love Rebels. They love Clone Wars. Uh, I really dig Bad Batch. Do something in that style. That and that's a great way. Listen, fucking Mark Hamill. He's a voice actor. He can come back and voice Luke in that show. Like. do a fucking luke show like what but not but not deep fake luke i feel like disney's trying to like how do we crack this deep fake luke show no wrong that's the wrong decision don't do that (laughs) do an animated luke show maybe it spins off the dave filoni movie but like and and then and then i would fuck with a deep fake luke show i know you would roxy i know you would and i don't know what to do for you all right i don't know what to do about you i don't know like uh, Nobody but, does know what to do about me, but the good news is we just found out nothing matters. So nothing matters. The big. Would you not be for casting someone as Luke Roxy? You're. I wouldn't be against it, but I also yeah. wouldn't be against a deep fake show. And, the, and this is what I'm learning. Like, and maybe this is not good. I don't have a very critical eye when it comes to Star Wars. Mm. Like, I just kind of dig being in space and the characters they present and and aliens and shit like i I like droids i like Mm -hmm. i like i I just kind of like it and so like i would mess with the deep fake show it would be the first one we've done i i thought deep fake luke looked dope i was so stoked when he came back like as long as you know he's obviously still alive and could clear that like a deep fake leia show would make me not feel good you know that would be like I don't know that this is the this is the way, uh, <laughs> but if Mark Hamill was like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's let's go," I would be like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just exciting stuff. Like, I don't know. I I really like. Yeah, it, it makes me sound. This is when people are like, "You're a shill," and I'm like, "For this stuff, I guess." Like when it comes to DC, I'm like. Guys, how are you going to – I don't know why. I just – I'm so much more dialed into what bothers me there. With Star Wars, maybe because I've never had to be a Star Wars girly. I've never had a job that made me do the Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe I just kind of like get to chill and I'm like, it's good. It's good. I like it. It's good. Yeah. That's nice. That's yeah, nice. That's nice. nice. Wait. So, Andres, would you ca- recast Luke? Yeah. Yeah. No, but let me ask you this. Here's what's on the table. I'll ask both of you this. Here's what's on the table. Animated Luke Skywalker show, Mark Hamill voicing Luke. Live action Luke Skywalker show, but Sebastian Stan or whoever is playing Luke. I like your animated idea. I think it's definitely the safer route when it comes to a lot of things, to be honest. If I'm a producer, when it comes to budget, when it comes to trying to lock down a Luke and trying to get the audience to accept another Luke or to try and get the technology to work for a deep fake Luke for the span of one season, I think it's just a lot easier to do an animated show. So I'd be down yeah. for that for sure. But I, I feel like if he's in a movie, if he's in the Filoni movie, which I think he probably will be just oh, yeah, almost 100%. I think you're right. Yeah, and it's I, not going to be recast. It's going to be deep fake Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be recast if he's yeah. in that movie. But yeah, probably. Yeah, well, because I think I think you and I are in the same boat. You kind of want recast just because I don't want personally, like, because I, I, we've talked about this. I don't really consider myself a Star Wars fan. Like, it's not one of my diehard things. But I did read a lot of the stuff that it was it Legends now, whatever we call it now. Like, I did read the New Jedi Order books and stuff like that, and look at those in the comics and shit. And it's like, yeah, if we're doing Thrawn, I kind of don't want Luke to just show up at the end. I want him to be in the movie like i want him to be and the safest way to do that is just recast him i don't know like the amount of money you'd have to sink into deep like we're talking like fucking avatar money if you're if he's sick i mean yeah (laughs) but also like i don't know if if star wars is as sure if i don't know if disney feels like star wars is a sure thing but roxy question to you on the table i know Mm. what you're gonna say animated luke show live action luke show but you recast luke definitely live action recast luke i don't mind recasting i liked solo man like well and you know i like alden ehrenreich and i thought he was good in that movie so but the difference there is that was supposed to be younger han and it doesn't even matter if it's like how movies work it doesn't even matter if it's like six months earlier it's okay that we recast (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm totally fine recasting luke i think that like not that it's not a challenging role to play because of course it is but there's it's 
you're not looking for something so specific that you could never find somebody who could do Luke Skywalker justice. Yeah. Like, I think that we would definitely be able to find somebody and it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did like, I, I wonder though. Okay. Do you guys think with both of your fingers being on the pulse on this one a little more, am I the minority or the majority? Oof. Just in like my thoughts on Star Wars, which is just like kind of casual. What do you think, Ace? I, I think you're, I think it's split for sure. I think okay. maybe because I've tried to avoid the incredibly overt toxic fandom. Uh, and I feel like if you're on that side, then definitely you're in the minority. But I feel like when there is a, a positive side to Star Wars that do feel like taking a much more step back kind of optimistic outlook on Star Wars where you're just kind of viewing it within the eyes of, I don't know, your inner child you can kind of enjoy it a lot more and you can kind of take a lot more out of it than just nitpicking every single decision they make. That's how I try to view it a lot more. Um, so I, I definitely think you're, you're probably split. There's probably split fandom. Yeah. And I'll say, I think um, I feel weird. Cause I've, I feel people that um, I've seen people say that like, wow, people are being really critical of the season. But when I go online, it feels like everybody's super positive. So I don't know if it's like the algorithm knows like, picks the side that annoys you the most. I don't know. Like, I don't like, uh, cause I don't know for you, that's Roxy, Elon's new algorithm. That's the new algorithm. Like for he you, when you're what you say, and then the, sends you the opposite, opposite. Just so that you get pissed as stupid as that sounds. It's like, if he could accomplish me, I feel like he would for whatever reason. Um, Roxy, when you're online, do you feel like most of the Mandalorian feedback is positive or negative? Negative. See, and when I'm on, it seems mostly positive. Don't know why. So I would I would say no, you're not in the minority. Well, the reason but- I think for that, DJ, and I'm not sure, um, but the people that I follow are diehard Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like Ace. So like, yeah. you know, I immediately saw um Ace saying this season ain't it or whatever the and I was like, interesting. And then like scroll a little bit further and see a bunch of people like that. Because I don't really, I'm the only casual Star Wars fan I know. Like my, the circles that we run in, people are like diehard. And I love that for them. Yeah. But I'm not. So I don't, I also don't think I pick up on the shit that bothers other people. Like there's like a small tweak to somebody's character and then people are like, but in Clone Wars. And I'm like, I didn't see that shit. So that. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, I saw headlines that like the naming of Grogu breaks a 20-year Mandalorian tradition. I was like, I'm, I mean, calm down, everybody. I don't know that it fucking matters. But I mean, whatever. Hey, listen, man, whatever. Um, maybe you follow more casual fans. Maybe you're, the people you follow are not like the... Yeah, the, I don't know. Because I, well, I, I'll look at stuff that's trending and I'll look at the tweets for trending and oh. it's all like super excitement. But listen, final... I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at my friends. Yeah, okay. So final Star Wars thoughts for me are that, listen, look forward to Star Wars Vision Season 2. Also, um, they released, uh, they're released releasing a uh, black chrysanthemum figure that looks like he looked in Boba Fett, and I pre-ordered it because uh, that boy is cool. And so that's th- those are my positive Star Wars thoughts. Um, uh, Ace, we got to go, but where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace and on Twitter and on YouTube, I'm sorry, at First Cut and TikTok again. <laughs> Boom, TikTok. Specifically follow him on TikTok. Roxy, where can they find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash. You can follow this show everywhere that matters on Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter, you can get the vowels from stupid. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.